Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast. Uh, you're once again joined by Graham and Mark and Simon Gillis from Gillis Practical Rifle Events. Hello you two. Hello, g'day, g'day. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to talk about Swamp Brutality, which was, uh, uh, as far as, you, sorry. A unique event. A unique event, yeah, a unique in New Zealand. Now there's a um, series of matches through um, North America and, and uh, Western Europe in a similar fashion, mostly uh, centre fire um, and on... And two gun as well. Two gun, yeah, and mostly on like yeah. um, square ranges um, for the most part. And this one was held... Uh, and if well, it's probably probably good to dwell on that for a little bit, just to give a bit of a background to, to what, yeah, what the others are like. I mean, I, it's all well and good saying there's two gun and center fire, but you know, <clears throat> what's the what, what what sort of you know I don't know the one I've heard of is the Finnish brutality or something. Are they medium range type of affairs or? So my first question was was like LP. Sorry, <laughs> what what is a brutality match. Okay, well there you go. You've you've. Uh, <laughs> I had a plan. I've jumped the gun. I, I'll send you this plan to avoid this problem going forward. <laughs> I shall shut up. No, you're fine. Yeah, so the brutality matches. I think the, the the more famous one we've we've all sort of heard about is the Finnish brutality um, match. There are several, um, as Graham said, across the states and um, over in Europe. Um, I think Lynx Brutality was only just the weekend gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, Slovenia? Which is... Is it? is it Slovenia or Poland? It's as far east as you right. want to go before you get locked up. That's the same yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So the the brutality matches are... The, the, the brutality matches you see overseas are almost all two-gun matches. So um, carbine and pistol. Um, they have... Uh, each match tends to have its own flair. They are um, very. Uh, they are almost all fitness orientated shooting stages. Um, so there's always um, some form of, of physical fitness or, or physical activity required um, within the stage, um, and so that may be um, a lot of running. It might be um, getting through obstacles, shifting weights, or. or or whatnot, um, yeah. There's getting in and out of trenches. There's um, getting out of or underneath vehicles, um, running down range and shifting weights and all that. It's it's they're all they're all fairly physical activity orientated. Um, the scoring for the traditional brutality matches is also very much follows along the, um, the some of the pistol disciplines, which is which means you get time plus penalties. So it's your time to complete the stage plus um, penalties you might have accrued during the stage, and you would accrue penalties by um, hitting no-shoot targets or or um, uh, you may have possibly hitting targets outside of their, their centre zone or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, they're, for the most part, they're military-themed. Um, so um, several, actually, I think all of the brutality matches have a fairly military theme to them. So you see guys with with chest rigs and pretty, you know, um, mag holsters and all the, you know, and and very military themed um, uh, firearms. It's um, they look to be a hell of a lot of fun for someone who's physically able. Um, 
if you weren't physically fit or physically able, then they might be a fairly challenging day. And uh, some of them look fairly challenging all the same. But um, they look like a lot of fun. So the New Zealand version, assuming you guys are still there because you've gone silent, the New Zealand version, the version we put ahead, um, obviously two-gun is a little challenging to do outside of a, a, an established pistol range and a, an established pistol club. So we decided to go 22 rimfire and rifle only. Um, and then because we don't operate on a square range, it was all field-based. Yeah, but... I was talking, but I uh, forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> so we weren't agreeing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm going to really quickly add before we go. Uh, and I was condemned to silence. Yeah. So um, I uh, say <laughs> it's with the military theme overseas. They also have uh, divisions where they run armor and stuff like that. So like heavy. Um, so they'll run a full, uh, I think, back and front armor plate and everything. So that's got, um, oh, shit, I don't know what a full armor setup runs, but it must be three, four, five kilos. No, I think you could double that on some of them by the time they load up mags and carry yeah. rifles and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, you're talking 10, 15 kgs. Yeah, so that's um, for the real crack guys. But anyway, like you said, uh, we had to adjust it to New Zealand's uh, rules requirements and also the availability of venues. And I think the field venue was far cooler than a static range. Um, well, I, I don't think it was. I don't think anyone's going to disagree. Um, the as the name may imply, for those who haven't been keeping up, swamp brutality. It took place in a swamp bottom of a gully where a reasonable creek runs through, and there's swamps feeding it and mud and uh, dead sheep and everything you can imagine. Um, hey, <laughs> was that sheep not dead? I was talking to the vet yesterday. He's going to be okay. about, about liver fluke, and uh, he said, um, "Yeah, it's common on the edges of swamps, or in the vegetation close to swamps." So I said, "Oh, my entire farm then, yeah." <clears throat> um, so that valley, we're yeah, we're in pretty much. You're either next to a swamp or almost in one most of the time. So yeah, perfect. We're about to crash into one. Yeah, and here I thought you were going to mention lead poisoning to your um to your vet, and I was thinking, <laughs> man, I'm pretty sure we didn't hit anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so um at the the the, the um nine stages simon creek so they took place over shit it must have been 800 meters a kilometer of distance no yeah. it's about eight stages point, 1.3 or something yeah, yeah. Pr- a reasonable distance so um yeah yep most stages were reasonably spread apart a couple were obviously we're going to try use the terrain and stuff um where we can but uh anyway I'm, I'm jumping ahead of my questions mark might notice so we've gone over water brutality matches and then i've got a question here how did it come to new zealand well because we come up with the idea right um simon came up with the idea and when did we first start talking about it a while ago oh geez a couple of years ago i think when we i remember when we, we first started playing with the idea of surplus steel you sending me a bunch of brutality stages, or, yeah. or it was like a two-gun brutality match with like Millsurf or something. Yeah, and we go, man, that sort of stuff would be cool or something, you know. But w- would it ever be popular, or would people want to come <clears throat> and, and, and this and that? But um, 
Yeah, I think they did one over in Europe. I I specifically remember um, in World War Two the German paratroop rifle was it an FG forty two? Yeah. Um, there was pictures of a guy using a. I can only assume it is a replica FG forty two in um in one of their two gun matches, and it it um and I believe it was a brutality match. So he's got the whole you know German paratroop helmet and but FG forty two and whatnot, mm. and it just that just looked like a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> quite quite cool. I have had a bunch of questions about a, a Milsert version, but I um pe- people forget that it's a lot of work to do all these events. <laughs> to, to well, add. and surplus steel, you um yeah, it's got when it's time. raining and it's full of mud, it's <laughs> it's really not that far off. No, no, and it's not a five hundred dollar ten twenty two in surplus steel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one one thing. When it comes to like, okay, so we talked about it. We decided the the match took place the day after round two of the Spark series, which is the twenty two series here in the North Island, um, with the idea that you'd be able to um, for those coming to Taranaki, they could make a weekend out of it and do both events. So we we set a date a while back, started advertising, and but then how do you go about? like we've set up a lot of stages for sort of practical rifle and stuff like that and hunter class events but how do you go about setting up a stage for a brutality match obviously we've not done it we can look at examples out of of youtube and such but you gotta have the shooting difficulty physical activity how hard that's going to be uh and then also time limits so you've got to there's there's more layers to the cake uh, than we're used to with planning a stage so how did you go about fleshing that out so to speak so you sort of, I normally start with the terrain and, um, you know, you can walk the section of the, the gully we used and, and sort of get a reasonable idea about, you know, um, where you can set stages and where they're going to work so you can have the rest of the stages all shooting at the same time. Um, and then it um, it kind of, we trialled an erid, you know, we trialled a few stage ideas Um you know, I was dragging tyres round up at um, out at Tarata there to see how long it took and how how difficult things were going to be. We, man, we 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 ran that stage or well, a couple of stages through the creek to try and get an idea on timings and mm. and how uh, hard things were going to be. Um, you know, from from our own experience. But um, on top of that, I mean, we've been we've been running matches for over a decade. Um. 15 years nearly um and the the dash it stage is a pretty good guide on on a stage that requires a level of physical fitness um so you know use a bit of experience in other shoots we've done and yeah um shooting difficulty wise um yeah the swamp brutality match it's it's not about really small targets um it's um it's closer to the speed versus precision match than it is a a traditional sort of or our normal sort of precision or practical rifle match um in target size so we um the the target size was set that i didn't want anyone to have to dial scopes because it just it takes too long so i wanted target sizes big enough that you could within reason just hold over and if you thought it was a bit further out just hold the top of the target and for most cases you were going to hit or you were going to be pretty close um 
there was the odd exception to that, of course, because you, it, um, if competitors get too used to big targets and you just throw in a small one, to suddenly they've got a mag dump because the rifle accuracy might not be quite there. Um, so just yeah, you, you're trying to throw challenges out of them. And in terms of the physical aspects, um, there were some some things we've we've done before. The camouflage net, we've never set the camouflage net in a swamp, so we thought that was a good idea. <laughs> Um, some things, um, you know, I, I, the stages were set to challenge particular aspects. So, um, some of them were, uh, more complex. Um, some of them were just, hey, run and then try and shoot unsupported. Um, and then, um, some of them I specifically tried to tire out competitors' arms and then, um, set a stage that they were encouraged to shoot an unsupported position and um and see how well they could still hold up a heavy rifle if they were using a heavy rifle uh, having slung a bunch of weight round first so it's yeah it, it's a combination of stuff it's um i so obviously um i so simon designed the match i match directed but i got to test stages in the <clears throat> months leading up and um the first stage we test ran you know, we grab out some targets out of the truck, and they're big targets, like compared, like you say, compared to what you said. And I sort of, I said, I said something like, "What, what are we going to do with these?" You know, these are massive. Um, at that distance, would normally be shooting, you know, something that's a fifty mil square, not a, not an eight inch square or ten inch square or something. So, and then, but then, yeah, like you said, you set it up in, um, in a way that's not as simple, and it's got to be shot from a well, we have compromised positions in our normal stuff, but even more so because you're running, you're moving through a wet swamp, you're trying to kneel down or sit in, like, it's close, it's not running water, but it's a, a swamp that's it's wet as heck. And um, Yeah, I think the balance for target sizes, uh, from what I've seen, and then some of the test shooting I did was, was good. It wasn't about, like you say, taking a super perfect shot. It was ripping several shots quickly and, getting a hit and moving on and um how fast can you shoot and can you shoot with lacy inside arms so um yeah. yeah there were a couple of exceptions i thought um talking specific stages i thought probably the targets on stage one which um you see in the results was stage one was um the hardest of the stages target size on stage one could have been a little larger um and then there's just specific targets you use that are small just to force competitors, no, you actually need a, a decent position here. Right? You need to take the time. And if that means prone, you know, by the time you, you go prone and lay down and shoot, use your bipod and all that, and then stand back up, you've basically done a burpee. And if I get you to do 20 of them in a stage, like 20 burpees is hard. It's like it's physically draining. And it's and so it's a sacrifice a competitor makes. They um they can shoot at kneeling. Kneeling's physically a lot easier to do. Yeah, it's just not as steady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the you mentioned stage one that had a was it a hundred meter there and a hundred meter back run. Yeah, pretty close. Man, that cooked like so. Mark it was there. I spent most of the day there, yeah. or the part of the day I was there. So it ruined people. Didn't I got it? I got to see it at the start, and I think people actually learnt during the day, Simon. So like the later squads that turned up, 
were invariably doing better because of I don't know they've just got used to the format maybe. Um, but the early yep. squads couple were just uh, yeah they was like this is impossible like and I thought after two had gone through that no one was going to clean it but they did. So um, yeah, target size they. <clears throat> They'd sort of have more problem if they didn't. If they had a bad start, which is logical, you know, they just had yep. people were battling away at the first marker to hit the targets, and just burning ammo and time. Yeah, and, and yep. that, and that was it. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't look at every single stage as targets. I sort of drove past them, you know, throughout the week, and I guess yeah, some of them might have been a bit smaller, but um, yeah, that run, essentially, if you got back. On a minute or under, then you had a very good shot at getting across the creek for the last two, you know, two sets of targets or two <coughs> two hits on each target. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So I watched. Yeah, Jeff. no, I, I agree with you there. It um certainly our squad. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, um, I competed the event as part of one of the squads as well. Um, and yeah. Our squad. Yeah. If um, that first couple of positions they had to shoot from um most of our guys you know or at least a couple of our guys didn't get past those and the, the guys that did just um they kept their head they um got to those positions and and picked a um a unconventional but very good field shooting position and uneven terrain in a swamp and made good hits yeah. and and the people that didn't myself included um yeah we just burned ammo on time just missing going what the fuck am i doing in a swamp yeah, so if yeah. you got there, I mean, the more athletic sort of, you know, some people look like a yep. pukak and running down the road, long one, legs one in, one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> they they um, had a lot more pace going <laughs> through, so they, they, they ended up with that 25 seconds up their sleeve compared to other people. So if you had, you got back in a minute 20, couldn't afford to yep. miss on those first couple, you know, to get to get started. Uh, otherwise, you just, yeah. Um, I think one... Carl might have got over there and ran out of ammo. I think oh, he so he talked. He, he went over this with me on the weekend again. Yeah, yeah. Because I was watching him and I was like, "Change mags when you run!" Shouting and he he said he he heard me and he goes, "Fuck, I don't got any more mags." <laughs> and he and his teammates had the same magazines as him and he didn't grab like yeah. you know you'd think oh, I'll just grab two mags off you. So he got across the river and <laughs> climbed up the bank and then just click on empty. He would have. Oh, it would have been highly likely he would have got it done. Also, um, yeah, he'd just had enough time. Yeah, um, yeah about five seconds that, up top of that. It's a very familiar Ruger ten twenty two click. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you've got run out of <clears throat> that last shot and didn't count. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a something. Um, I don't. I'm I'm getting used to is actually trying to keep count. It can be if you so, if you're moving between positions yeah. and you've gone. I must have fight about seven. Yeah, it can be worth just dropping that mag and throwing it, if you've got plenty of mags, just throwing you one in, and then you're yeah. going to the next position with ten if it's an unlimited. Yeah. Um, so what I should, I'll, I'll I'll mention is every, every stage. So there's one non-shooting stage we'll talk about, but <clears throat> every shooting stage had a unlimited round count. Yeah. Um, yep. So my 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 tip is now. If, they say drop a lot of money on a scope. I say <laughs> drop a bit less on a scope and spend four hundred dollars on heaps more mags. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of stages where the competitor fired over sixty shots for the stage. All right, 
Yeah. Yeah. Did they um, beat does, Mark? Yeah, oh there's God. one at... Um, man, what was stage five? Uh, oh, that's... A, stage five was to throw the ball over the yep. Yep. bar and shoot. Um, yeah, one of the competitors fired 65 shots on that stage. They must have done it all standing. And got 15 out of 16 hits. So, oh, they, you know, yeah, good on them. Worth it. Yeah. One out of four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, less than maybe. that, actually. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, next thing I've got written down here is, and we talked about it a lot in the lead up, <clears throat> weather. It, time of year, it could have been bad. It could have been very, very, like, it could have been raining. It could have been very cold frosty but we got lucky well yeah well the competitors got lucky i'd say yeah it's a valley that loses yeah. the sun quite often and and doesn't get a lot to start the day so in winter yeah so it was quite mild and the other yeah so we had a plan if the weather was going to go bad um that plan was that competitors need to be prepared because we're running the event regardless um, yeah yeah it really was look it's it's a brutality match uh, you you need to come prepared for the conditions and there was minimum gear requirements given to competitors um and that included you know warm dry clothes in your vehicle um, i think we we sort of jokingly recommended that competitors bring three sets of clothes with them um one to start the day one for halfway through the day and one at the end of the day as it turned out, we didn't really need them. Um, to the point where jumping in the creek was actually quite a relief. It was um, that creek was a good, cool temperature by the time we were running through it. Yeah, especially when you threw yeah. the uh, kettle bell. And then, uh... <coughs> yes, yeah. Some people who dove into the creek after the kettle bell after someone dropped a bank on the kettle bell. Oh, and the guy yeah. helping yeah collapsed the entire bank on the kettle bell. Right. Yeah, we won't go there. Well, yeah, a... the other thing was the, the creek wasn't too high. It was up a bit on what it normally is, but that was the other worry if it had got up during the week and not gone down. So just the, ba- the water level, water level was just good. It was, um, yep. you know, up to your waist in places if you took the wrong path. So well, Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, that'd be your nipple height, wouldn't it, Mark? average waist it's over over my head yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd carry a snorkel if i was competing <clears throat> yeah you're well there was more than one person suggested to compete in like a one millimeter um wetsuit yeah yeah good luck i think you would eggs. have overheated but yeah yeah <laughs> oh, um okay so got lucky with the weather it wasn't cold which was nice and we foreseen potentially having some issues around people getting particularly cold and, and um, us having yep. to pull them off the line and warm them up. Um, it's happened on... <laughs> yep. Yes, Mark. Uh, it's happened in other events where we've had people ignore the weather and shoot in their shorts and T-shirt. Um, and we've had to um, had to give them some assistance in warming up. So uh, we thought this would be an issue here. It wasn't, which is really, really good. Um I think the length of the course meant that people were moving a lot anyway. So I know you saw them were competing, so you probably know better than me. But I felt people were moving enough to keep warm. Oh, yeah, that you were exerting yourself enough and often enough not having to wait around too long that you were going to get cold anyway. So Yeah, that was that was my 
or one of the concerns I had was um, I figured people would be warm enough while they're actually doing stages because they're fairly physical. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, my concern was in between the stages when you're sitting around doing bugger all. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's why the recommendation was there that people needed to have you know warm clothes that they could chuck on and then you just you chuck on a jacket when you're sitting still and then lose that layer when you're competing. Um, yeah, we, we could have gone as far as to say, hey, look, you know, like um, duck down jacket is not going to be fantastic when it gets wet. It's, you know, and and you're gonna, if you're wet when you put it on, it's it, it may not be the greatest thing. So we didn't have to go that far. Um, the the note on the whole people uh, underestimating the weather, um, we did have a discussion with competitors as well. Um, so there was the first discussion when they entered and just sort of said, hey, look, do you you know what you're getting yourself into here um are you you know confident in your physical ability and and um and what not to do this because it is fairly intensive or will be fairly intensive um and then we had a discussion with the competitors at the safety briefing at the beginning of the day um just around uh fatigue can affect people differently and when you take fatigue and add in people getting cold um uh, people can um sort of lose uh, some of their um, good decision-making ability. And um, we're just reminded squads to look after each other, really. And if you see someone having a, a bad go of it type thing, then just sort of sit them down and say, hey, man, are you, are you okay? You know, do we need to slow down? Are, we, you know, are, you, are you warm enough and all that? Um, yeah, so it, it was reminded and, and pointed out to competitors a couple of times as well. Yeah, well, we had a chandra that was... Uh from ex- overexertion it's showing you're doing things well yeah now that is commitment well we must, I, I've, I've got that i've got a section to talk about that later but now we must oh, sorry, talk about sorry. it since mark, no 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 mark we'll, can't we'll, read we'll, the schedule we got we'll set. visit that later <laughs> we will okay we'll uh, visit it later all right what was what was your favorite stage of the day graham uh so again i wasn't competing i was just match directing so racing around um make sure people would drink enough water and and such but whoa stage two would be up there so you had to move a uh you start move your rifle down to a position come back get a 12 kilo kettlebell and then go back down to the position gauge your targets and then do the same thing a couple more times you know crossing the creek and then climb up the bank same thing moving the the rifle then the kettlebell and and so you keep uh, moving forward and engaging the targets as you go um I watched the last competitor of the day do this, uh, a friend of mine, and as we started the timer, he got like quite bad cramp in his thigh, and I seen him go, oh no, cramp, oh, and he no. grabs his leg, and the timer was on, and he just went, and he's like, his leg was pretty much not quite straight the whole time, but I could I could tell it was killing him, but he just got it done, and he just got through the whole stage in time with his leg, his leg pretty much failing him. Um, yeah, so I was nice enough and end of the day, so I carried his, uh, the weight back for him. Um, but, so that that was probably my favourite stage. So moving through the swamp, moving a heavy weight, um, shooting up through some, uh, one of the positions, the trees looked like they obscured the targets a bit. Um, there's a, was it two targets? Pretty similar size. Yeah, two you, targets right beside each other. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, on the same frame. Yeah, you, yeah yep. you're crossing the creek, uh, you're climbing a reasonably steep bank, um yeah just cool like you you're going 
yeah, a lot of uh, elevation change and then swamps and creeks. It's just a cool... It looked a lot more uh, exertion than I thought, actually, because I watched that stage quite a bit as well, mm. one and two. Um, and a number of people just got over there and stopped, and they just sat, once I'd finished, they sat down to catch their breath for about a minute. <laughs> Simon included. Oh, he, yeah. he always does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was quite so, a complex stage to to think about because you um like you had to remember you 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 shouldn't be downrange of your rifle, which means you have to move the rifle first, and the stage yeah. was written that way. And then you had to come back for the weight, bring the weight forward to the rifle, and then shoot, and then shift the rifle forward to the next position. So it was it was quite a complex stage. And then um the targets they started out probably what 60 odd meters and so the target distance is getting shorter all the time um and then the 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 best place to cross the creek wasn't the sort of direct line from in between the two shoot positions you kind of had a little little bit of swamp to cross and then through the creek as well it was um yeah it was a cool stage um i watched i watched a video of jeff do it um and jeff was shooting a ticker bolt action and he must have hit he in fact he made all four of his hits on the last position inside like the last eight seconds or something it was yeah just cycle fast and shoot and shoot and shoot and this yeah it was um, impressive shooting um at the end there for jeff so what was mark we'll finish with simon on the first stage what was now you only watched like two stages so what was your favorite stage yeah, well, I, I can't go with two then, can I? So I'll have to say, no, stage one, because I actually watched that evolve through the day, I suppose, as I said before. You know, the first couple of squads are like, oh, you know, this can't be done type of thing. You know, they weren't even getting to the... Because that stage, um, 100-odd metres at least. Um, so basically, you know, as I said, people come back in a minute or a minute and 20, uh, under a minute if they're real fast. And then they basically take the rifle down into the swamp and shoot one position, two position, three, is it, yep. is it four again? Yeah, and then, then across the creek for the final uh, position. And for the first squad, no one even made it across the creek. They got to the third position, that was it. So I thought, oh, people will keep their feet dry today. But then once this, I think this third squad came along, um, some made it over, and then um, later on the day, yeah, we saw people actually clearing it. I'm not sure how many did clear it, Simon. But, um, uh, only four people managed to clear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so most yeah. of those were later on. So, no, it was really cool to watch. And just to see how each um, competitor, because some were not as fast as others, how they would go. And, and you, you had a reasonable shot um, if you, you know, were good with your initial shots and not wasting time and ammo type of stuff even if your run was a bit slower but no it was fun it was like a good for a stage one it was pretty vanilla i suppose but um it certainly challenged you time wise so it you know it put a um quite a i guess um a marker down for you know for people to work out how they're going to go throughout the day Especially on the um, physical side of it, speed-wise. Yeah. I watched Jeff do it. Uh, Jeff, our sponsor, the Gunrack, uh, they're sponsoring us again. Mark's been uh, re 
rejoin the Gunrack team. So the sponsorship's back on. Um, <laughs> there was some damage control after the last podcast. Um, everything's back to normal. Everything is well. Um, man, he, he ran it and he got back and he just looked buggered. And then his, his shooting was average. Uh, Jeff won't mind me mentioning this. And then chose a bad position and then just missed heaps. Um, you know what I mean? Like, And then from the yep. first position in that stage in the swamp, there's a yep. nice like, is it a, it was some, two trees yeah like a white pine or some some old, some shitty tree in there just lean against it you know um but uh, a lot of people just uh yeah they just didn't didn't think of it they're puffed and not yeah used to some got down too low and were hitting the foliage the the reeds in front of them yep. so that didn't yep. work too well yeah and i think the targets didn't show a lot of if you missed you really couldn't tell that well where you were going so yeah uh, just the way they, yep. way they were some other, I'm not sure how the stages had targets in terms of spotting where shots were going. Yeah, a lot of them were Smash. tricky to spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. But that stage yeah. one, I think the like a lot of people might, well, from personal experience, um, like over the last few years, I would have looked at that run and thought, yeah, now this is easy. You know, like I've done events and, and stages before where you've got to do like a 100 metre dash and then you know and then shoot and um you know previous experience tells me that you know i can do a 100 meter dash and then after a 100 meter dash not a full-blown sprint but a dash i could you know i can still shoot okay but um i'm not doing them in boots and you know and gear that's already soaking wet and then it's not a 100 meters and it might be slightly downhill on the way to the mark, but that means it is slightly uphill on the way back. And um, like when our squad got there, I, I said to the guys, like, don't kill yourself on the run because you still need to be able to shoot. And you won't get many points for a fast run, but um, you can get a lot of points for shooting well. So I'm pretty sure one of the faster runs I saw, he kicked his boots off and ran in socks, and that, that was a definite improvement. So Yeah, no, I'm too you, soft for that. You, if you run around the corner, people can't see you, and you can just stop. But no one picked <laughs> up on that either. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I thought, yeah, the two targets. That was the only observation there was that some people basically were either could hit one target or not, and not the other. Often the far one, for example. Like yes, the far one was bigger. Yeah. But yeah, but they were also fundamentally. But some of them were hitting the short target, and not the far. So it was not. It's almost like they're um because they're holding over whatever they're doing, they're, they're estimating right on one and wrong on the other and not tr- correcting sort of thing. They, they just consistently were having trouble on one target. It may have been you know the short or the long type of thing. Yeah, It can be a little bit deceiving, like that long target. Um, I think if you aim at the... Because it it's a diamond, um, it's a long target, but it's bigger. So if you're not great on your range estimation, it looks about yeah. the same distance. Um, but the other thing, if you aim at the top of that far target, you might hit the very bottom of the diamond. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great distance estimate, but the target's big enough right at the bottom of the diamond that you just might hit it. And if if you're using that as a distance estimate, yeah, that could that could be a problem for the other target. I had a couple um, guys on the Saturday at the the, um, the competition the day before asking and saying, "Oh, will we be given distances?" And I said, "I oh, know." Oh, okay, so we can range under under time, and I was like, I guess so, sure. 
like, yeah, I'm sure, whatever, man. <laughs> and they're like looking at me like, why is he, why is he being weird about that? And I was like, oh, if you want to, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, recon by fire. <laughs> yeah, just like, or just fire take... another bullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who cares? Just shoot it, man. It's, it's not that far away. But I, I thought I don't know if people were also expecting what they're well they wouldn't have known what to expect when it comes to target sizes and they may have been yeah. expecting standard comp size targets yeah i'd yeah. say that's the case they would have thought same targets with more exertion but in fact yeah which probably did deceive a few people because like you're saying it could make the target seem like it's not as far away as it is being larger yeah you know i talked to a couple of guys on stage six the hercules stage they had that we had that big possum target out there, um, and a couple of people estimated that possum target was was the middle target, um, so it was closer than the middle target, and they thought the middle target, which was small and, and off to the left and in a bit of a shadowy area, they thought that one was longer, and it's um, no, it's just that possum target is quite a large target. Yeah, she's a she's a full size possum. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's a tail well, yeah. and all. Ta- hey, you hit the tail, that counts. Yep. <laughs> there was All a right, nice group uh, in the middle of it, though. Sorry. Of the t- anyway, Karen. Karen. So, was- Simon, what was your favourite stage and why? Uh, I'll, I'll leave out the non shooting stage because I, I imagine we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my favourite stage was probably the uh, dash it slash climb it. Oh, um, yeah. I for- mm, okay. Yeah. <gasps> let's let's um, break um, this down. <laughs> The map, the mag dump mark stage. Yes, yes. The only stage I've ever developed. Oh, no. you, you did, you did come up with the idea for the run up the hill, didn't you? Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Mark, you finally one idea. You picked all the events you've been involved in. Pile of possums out. Yep. Shooting off a dead horse out. <laughs> no. but, but he's not joking. Those are legitimate recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Those are. Yep. <laughs> All right, yep. so let's talk 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 about um talk about the uh the dash it. So um, those you know, people that have been coming to the GPRE events for ages um you know would have would have shot a dash it stage in some form at some stage. Um, you know we've we've had them for a few years now. So um, we had to we I tried to throw a bit of a brutality spin on on our normal dash it stage. So um, we had a like a learn your limits target rack at about. 30 odd meters 35 meters or something so it's pretty close and we use the bigger of the learn your limits racks yes, the, um, so, so this one rack, of Graham's ones. this rack is for unsupported shooting like standing or sitting or kneeling at like yeah 60 70 meters for 22s yeah just to set the idea yep so you've got like a what's the large target like a six inch target yep, six down to one yep yeah so six five, five four, four three, three two one, one. yep yeah, so there's six targets on the on the Learn Your Limits rack. And um, you started the stage um, at the position, standing start like we normally do, um, bipods uh, folded and retracted and all that. And then um, you had to hit all six of the targets on the rack and then you had to leave your gear there and, um, and run up a, a short hill um, to touch a marker. And then when you came back down, um, you then had to hit... The five big targets, the five bigger targets on the rack, and then run, and then four targets and run, then three targets and run, two targets run, one target run, and then finish the stage. You shot all six again, so it was twenty-seven hits in total for the stage. Um, 
I, I That's figured cool. I like that. It was a lot of shooting, um, which you know was as part of the name of the game. It's you know it's um, you have people where people are there to shoot, so it's um, it makes it for a fun stage. But um, by the time you got a bit further in the stage, like you do that run, having done it for the fourth time, you come back down, hit a six-inch target, which takes all of half a second to do when you're already prone, and and then you've got to run immediately again. It just <laughs> it, it was physically challenging so um yeah um i managed to clean that stage which is i, I didn't have the um i didn't clean it as well as ezra did ezra cleaned the stage in quite a fast time and didn't miss a shot for the whole stage clean just, clean yeah yeah that was man that was that was impressive to watch um i had i think one miss or two misses i think, in it, was, it. I think um, it was one yeah yeah um and yeah that i was i could say the engineer in me was trying to do the minimal amount of effort to get to that white marker <laughs> um so i didn't try to over climb the hill i just wanted to touch the very base of that white marker and and so you'd you'd scramble up the hill a little bit then do a bit of a leap and with the idea of just touching the marker then turning around and I think I missed that leap twice. Come I, up short. I think it was three. <laughs> was times. it at least twice? <laughs> I, I watched you do it three times before you gave up on it. Because every time you yeah. come up about two inches short and just slap into the bank. And um, yep. <laughs> in fact, it I think it's quite steep. <laughs> it's quite steep, that little piece. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is quite steep. And oh. by the time we were the last squad to do that, so it was also kind of muddy at the bottom. <laughs> so but, how was um, going down? Did were the people? keeling over yeah um yeah i watched a couple of people of uh, they were sliding down um on their backside really um and then um what i did was you just sort of jump from sheep track to sheep track so you're jumping yeah. from level to level um yeah, yeah so you, i'm trying not to run down because man you'd, you'd face plant hard at the bottom oh yeah, oh, yeah. and that was the stage uh, i watched it several times a bunch of different competitors of varying levels of fitness um they start their first climb real fast, leaping up, leaping down, and by the end, a lot of them were just walking up, walking down. They couldn't, um, they just couldn't do it. And then their shooting yep. suffered massively um, yep. at the end because, as mentioned, the, the targets are normally unsupported targets at twice the distance. So, like when you go prone and shoot a, a twenty-five millimeter circle or one-inch circle at thirty-five meters. In a normal comp, we're very rarely ever going to have any misses on that. Like it's a, yeah. it's a gimme. No, but yeah. man, people are like missing the third target in, like the hundred mil target, like the four inch. You know, they're like bang, 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 hit, and it's like once the yeah, once they 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 can't breathe properly and yep, legs are burning and I don't know, man, it just, just yep, man. So that, Simon, did, Carol, Simon, do you feel like you? We're getting more, uh, I guess, um, heart rate was going up and up, or did he sort of just plateau to a degree And as you, you got through it? I mean, because obviously for nah, some people they must I, have just, yeah. No, nah, so anyone who's been in my squad and watched me run a dash at stage before knows, um, like, I'm screwed for like half an hour after it. I'm, <laughs> yeah, you can't even uh, talk you, for like 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, you... you put heart and soul into those things and um we haven't talked about how the scoring worked but um it uh 
it was an advantage to complete the stage fast. And um, while I was doing that stage, like the first run, I'm okay. Second run, okay, I missed my leap again, but it, you know, like I'm, I'm okay. And then by the time I get to the fourth run, I'm having a mental battle with myself in my head going, <laughs> no, you need to continue going fast. It's like, your body, shut up, we're doing this. And um, by I think my fourth run, I, I walked a couple of steps and then sort of mentally kicked myself in the in the ass and said, no, do this. And um, yeah, like I was, like I just collapsed on the ground by the end of it, just heart rates going through the roof. Um, you know, you just sort of fumble and drop the mag and clear the run out of the chamber type thing and then, um, you know, um, chuck the um, chamber safe chamber indicator in type thing and then just lie in the mud just <laughs> heaving <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah so as i said that was 27 hits required for that stage and like one competitor fired 60 shots um there's three or four competitors above 40 um one notably nick um who was third overall um he was on 45 for that stage it's yeah like they've they're fairly big targets and a and a bipod rear bag supported prone, but um yeah, you put a bit of exertion in there and it gets hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was watching some people on the, the smallest one like rip several magazines at it trying to hit it when they're on their you know. Yep. I guess when you shoot do you shoot them all again at the end or something to finish. Yes. Yeah. yeah you yeah. finish with all six. Yeah, and yep. just trying to hit that last target, and they're just like boom, 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 and it's yep. like man, like your gun is perfectly fine at shooting this target, but you just yep. their brain can't do it at that yep. point. Um, yeah, that, that was a good spectator stage, also. Um, yes, yeah, it was pretty spectator friendly. If you liked uh, watching people suffer, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was the. Um, on average, it was the highest scoring stage of the day. Um, there was only four people, five people who didn't clear it um, for shooting hmm. score. And there was only one person that ran out of time. Okay. okay. Yep. Shit. So, yeah. yeah, it was still, you know, for being a, a, a hard, physically challenging running stage up that hill, yeah, as I say, only one person ran out of time. And there was only Seems five so people that didn't get full shooting score. Stage one, what was the far most most time left? Pretty sure. Oh, that was Ezra. Yeah, yeah, the, the, he had forty nine seconds there. to spare. I thought Did it was. He? I thought I thought it was in the forties. Yeah. yeah, the human poo and, gecko. Eh? And I, yep. I was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The human poo gecko. Yeah, Ezra was second for the day overall. He man, yeah. he was on yeah. fire. Yeah. yeah. He outshot me. <laughs> well, all right. Any other notable stages I'm gonna, that I'd like to mention? I'm going to bring on I'm... The, the Hercules stage, which was made easier from when I tested it, which yep. is probably a good thing because I, I yep. couldn't really function after it for a while, and um, we didn't want to dislocate shoulders. No, um, that was a pretty awesome stage, even with the was it a six kilo, five kilo. Yes, five kilo, um, uh, like a medicine a ball. ball type thing. Yep. <clears throat> Instead of the twelve kilo um, kettlebell, um, I still have a sore shoulder from when I tested that. Now, so I think it was the right decision. Like when when I test shot yep. that, I as I finished, it started raining, and I was lying on the ground, um, just trying to not die. 
and everyone just got out of the rain. I just lay there for about 10, 15 minutes in the drizzle. Just They're all looking at me, what are you doing? I was like, I can't do anything. I'm just, uh, like I said on the team, I was clinically dead. I was just, I was fucked. I was, so what was that stage? Um, so you, script- so you, sorry, you start and you um, run through a kettlebell across the creek, go through yeah. the creek in a bit of a zigzag so you can't just yeah. climb over it. you got to go through the creek and then throw it back, go back to the position, shoot several targets, go to the opposite um, to, the, to your left, throw it over another part of the creek, do the same. And I think you end up crossing the creek four times all up, was the original one, yeah. With, yep. and, and throwing the kettlebell across. Every time I threw that kettlebell, I just feel like my energy halve every yep. time. Like the first throw, I was okay, but after that, man, my yep. third, my third run, the third crossing I did, I was just in. You like you say when you, like, what the fuck am I doing this for? Like this isn't fun. This is stupid. <laughs> and then and then I got to my my fourth one and I was coming back and I was like, nah, nah, I can I can see the end. And it didn't seem so bad, but um, yeah, that was. Although what I would say there was a small target added in for the competition itself. Yes. At about oh, wasn't very far away, but it was particularly small, so that would have been quite a challenging little target. If you yeah, and up. and when you because it was um. Every time you shot, you had to hit each target twice. So we, um, the short target and the middle target were sort of on the same line. And so our squad, I think we started on that stage. And um, our squad sort of worked out that you'd hit the first the, the short target and it'd be sitting there spinning around the frame. And then you go to the middle target, hit that twice, and then come back to the short one because by that time it had pretty well stopped. Hit it again. And then go to the long target, and um, we found that you're just you're trying to gain seconds of time um, here. And uh, so the actual competition stage, we swapped out the 12 kg kettlebell for a 5 kg ball. And um, just to clarify, you didn't have to throw the weight across the stream; you could walk it. Nah, that's no problem. Um, it just yeah, <laughs> um, and. Again, just to clarify, every time you cross the stream, it was written into the rules that both feet had to touch the bottom of the creek. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't jump the creek. We didn't want... We wanted to lessen the chance people would bloody sprain ankles. Um, so you had to be in the creek. Yeah. So we might as well touch on stage eight. So there was a non-shooting stage. Seven. Yep. Seven, sorry. Do you want to talk us through that, Simon? Yep. So, um, oh, and years ago, we used to run a match, um, uh, a hunter's match. And as part of the match, we, we did a whole bunch of things, not only shooting. Um, but one of the things we did was first aid. And um, in those matches years ago, there was a practical component of first aid. We used to, um, we'd give you a, a, a patient, live patient with a, with a fake injury. And you had to treat that injury um, within your allotted time. They were, they were given a scenario, you know, you've you've come across fellow competitor and they've, they've hurt themselves, and um, it's better and, than uh, my idea. You want to deal with it, um, Which is and a you, fake you got scored on injury. <laughs> yeah, we just keep re-injuring them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not sustainable. <clears throat> so we Carry um. On. When we floated the idea of, of running a, a brutality match, um, uh, Simon from Pracmed, um, 
can't remember if he contacted me or I got in touch with him, but um, I might have mentioned it to Simon and said, oh man, you should come along, because um, he does a bit of shooting as well, um, and he's from that side of, you know, that, that, that background as well, so I sort of said to him, oh, you should come along, and then um, I was talking to him a bit while later, and he was like, yeah, man, we could we could run a stage, like do a first aid stage, and I'm like, yeah, cool, that sounds fantastic, not quite my intention when I said he should come along I sort of intended for him to shoot but um he got this idea that we could run a first aid stage and I was like yeah that sounds cool let's let's do that um and uh I told him pretty up front he'd have about five minutes with each competitor and he could do whatever he wanted um and um also told him like I'm competing so you know Simon was quite careful not to give me any detail of what was involved in the stage before I walked into it as as a competitor um and I said look it needed to needed to be scored and it, that score I needed to fit in with the program but outside of that I really didn't know to the point where <laughs> I had the discussion with our squad we were the first squad to go through the the first aid stage and I said ah oh, like um I don't think it'll be that bad you know like I don't think it'll be real complex or, or pretty full-on and um we were standing at the the uke and um like i can we were talking we didn't really listen to the our first competitor went through but the second guy went through and i think i was standing there with carrington and we're like man who's that screaming what the what the frick it's like there's full-on yelling screaming bloody you know from coming down the corner so it was um <laughs> it was run as a blind stage so competitors didn't get to see what they were going to walk into and then um and it was run around a corner and, and up in some trees and whatnot, so you couldn't see it. And then um, as competitors finished it, they continued on down, so they didn't get to walk back to the squad and, and tell them anything. Um, so, yeah, the stage itself, you um, your your time was started and you moved down the road until you could um, see where the injured person was. And then um, uh, Simon was the injured person. Um, he, the scenario was you were coming back from a, a hunting trip out in the bush and you've, you've come across this person, they've, they've hurt, um, they're hurt and you're there to deal with it. And, um, so when I did it, I'm, I'm going down the road, you're carrying your day pack and your rifle and all that, and, um, unloaded of course. And I'm going down the track and I come around the corner, I can hear this yelling up in the, up in the, up in the trees and it's like, oh shit. Yeah, someone's actually hurt, and I, I, I thought it was going to be like sprained ankle. I think it was like it was going to be a burn or something, you know, something that's that's pretty straightforward, even for people with no first aid training to deal with. But I get up there, and Simon's, bloody yelling and screaming and holding his elbow, and um, and so I, I stage the rifle out of the way, get my day pack out of the way, and whatnot. It's like introduce myself and hey, I'm here to help and whatnot, and and um. <laughs> And uh, it's like, oh, mate, look, I, I need to have a look at it. I need to see what you know, what I'm dealing with. And Simon opened his elbow, and there was just, just this big squirt of red blood coming out. And I was like, ah, shit, yeah, we, we, mate, we need to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, he had a... The scenario was um, Simon had, had had gone after a goat, and a goat he had thought was dead, and he a was going to cut its throat. And um, it wasn't dead, and so it had leaped up and, and swung around and... Um, for whatever reason, the the knife had cut across, um, pretty close to about where the inside of his his left elbow, um, and quite a a severe cut. Um, 
through to the artery and it was squirting out blood um i tunnel visioned hard walking into that like he's yelling and screaming and but he you know he's gonna die and he's got kids and he's uh, you know and then he's he's screwed up and he's like you know he's not feeling all good and yelling and screaming and whatnot and in pain i didn't i didn't even notice that he had a day pack sitting next to the tree i walked right by that i didn't even see it i did get rid of the knife um which was sitting open next to him um so i got rid of the knife and then i'm like looking at this bleed thing and shit i need a tourniquet here because he's like it's bleeding and it's squirting out and um so you were given instruction that first aid supplies would be supplied for the stage and um and i was all gonna be like get all indignant and say like where's my freaking tq you guys said we we're gonna supply it and then <laughs> I, was, I was getting all ready to challenge the stage type thing and then um i think simon actually looked at his day pack sitting by the tree a few meters away and i followed his line of vision and went ah yeah okay there it is um, and he had a tourniquet um, strapped to the outside of his day pack so I leapt into that and wrapped it around his arm um, prepped me to have some cool toys when it comes to first aid scenarios so the, the cut on Simon's arm um, it had a tube running underneath his clothing to a bottle full of water and red food colouring and he was sitting on that bottle so to add a bit of pressure and when he wanted it to bleed he just leaned back on that bottle and, and more fake blood had come squirting out uh, which meant you, you had a training tourniquet and uh, when you put that on his upper arm, on his upper bicep, um, you actually squeeze that tube and you stop it bleeding. Um, so it's it's fairly realistic. Um, and I managed to get the tourniquet on. I struggled a bit to get the windlass to, windlass to, um, to lock, um, which cost me a bit of time. But I got that on and then I'm checking for other injuries and all that. And then, um, yeah. And uh, when you stop the bleed and the bleeding, you know, the, the blood stopped coming out, that was when your time was called and um, Steph would record your time. And then you were given penalties um, or time removed based on you doing things well or doing things badly. So um, I was given a penalty for not calling for help, which I should have done pretty much immediately. Um, in my defence, he was bleeding and screaming and so i dealt with that first and it um completely slipped my mind to bother to call for help immediately which i should have done um but yeah so it was um a pretty full-on stage i certainly come out of it with red food coloring all down my arms um other competitors and hats off to simon and steph for this like simon kept up that full-blown yelling performance all day for every competitor how he didn't <laughs> lose his voice i've no idea that was um yeah that was that was impressive to say the least but um the, the goat must have got sick of it <laughs> you're getting repeatedly blamed for... <laughs> um, so there wasn't points for finishing the goat off which wasn't there but anyway no no i don't think there were points for that but um there were some really impressive performances some guys just went straight in immediately read the situation well immediately went for the tourniquet immediately called for help got rid of the yep. knife um yeah there were some really good performances there um but yeah um there, there are other things like in our squad um 
with Chris doing it, he was trying to get that tornaco on, and and Simon must have been getting putting on the whole desperation act, and you know it was bleeding and still one. So Simon's trying to get up from the ground, and like, no, I need to keep walking type thing. I need to get out to an ambulance. And buddy Chris is trying to hold him down, so he's essentially kneeling on his chest trying to get the tourniquet um, <laughs> on his arm. It's, so Chris come out of the stage, and we're like, what the frick happened to you? Because he was covered in red blood right down his legs all over his chest and arms and everything <laughs> it was um yeah, it was a pretty full-on first aid stage up. i did see him earlier yeah, and i was like what the hell happened to you you know but he was pretty yep. proud of it <clears throat> yeah no no and he yep um but yeah a couple of interesting things come out of that one it was probably the most complimented stage of the day um i think everyone or nearly everyone enjoyed that. I think I had one comment that came back and said, oh, you know, I was here to shoot, not get bled on. And um, and uh, Simon's response to that was, well, I should have stopped the bleed sooner. Wouldn't have got bled on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, everyone, yeah, there's been several people I've talked to afterwards who said, man, we need to get them back. That was, yeah, that was, um, it was really good. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone come out of that stage having learnt something. I, I certainly got reminded... Um, that I tend to tunnel vision a bit. Um, so we yeah, had um, only one person who uh, let him die, I believe. Yeah, I think it was one. Yeah, uh, so looking did... at a couple of the times, um, yeah, I'm not sure about a couple of others, but <laughs> there's definitely one competitor who just, um, or Track at least one competitor. Track Track the goat. Goat. <laughs> I don't just... Hold on, hold on, I'll get the goat. <clears throat> like... In their defence, like it's a pretty full-on scenario oh, to yeah. walk into. Yeah, like yeah. he's full-blown bleeding and yelling and screaming and and all the rest of it. Like it's pretty full-on. And if you've if you haven't got first aid training or, or any sort of experience in that, then yeah, it, I talked to Eben about it. Eben said, yeah, one of the guys had like walked up and guys like big wide bug eyes and turned rounds to Eben and Eben's like, man, I'm not here. This is all you. And he. The competitor turned to Steph and he was like, oh, what do I do? And Steph's like, mate, this is all you. I'm not here. You're, you're under time. Go. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, like, um, there's a video of one of the competitors who, who, uh, who obviously didn't know the tourniquet for what it was. So he's like trying to wrap Simon's arm in like a high-vis vest and then trying to, trying to tie off the arm with a bit of string that he got from god knows where um, you know trying to create a tourniquet out of a bit of string and whatnot and simon's just sitting there screaming and oh, it's pain it's bleeding i've got kids i'm gonna die it's that right that <laughs> string was probably holding one of mark's gates closed somewhere yes yeah, yeah. somewhere a bit of bailing twine. cheaper out now yeah <laughs> very hey. cool stage but, um yeah quite an experience yeah no it was, it was neat all right so Funniest moment of the day. Now I seen. So I'm going to answer it first. I seen something quite funny. Well, some would say funny. Some would say you shouldn't laugh at these things. Mark designed his uh, dash at stage. We had to uh, do the rack and run up the hill and such. And uh, the squad did it, and they moved on to the next stage. And I, I happened to head down there, and one of the young fellas is um sort of uh, you, you know when people are running, they sometimes get a bit um. Uh, they spit a bit and wash yep. their mouth out a few times and stuff like that. Yep. Like their, their, their spit's gone thick. And I was like, "You're right." And he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm fucked." You know? Oh yeah, sweet. And then 
like I wander over, I'm talking to Evan, and then Evan goes, "Oh no, he's, he's Chandra," and I'm like, "What?" And I turn around, and this young fella's just spewing everywhere, man. <laughs> like it, like big, massive power chucks, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And I got, I sort of walk over to him as he's doing his last big chuck, and I sort of go, "You're you're right there, buddy." <laughs> and, and he's like, "Yeah, no, no, I'm fine, man. I'm just a bit, it's got went a bit hard." And, and I said, oh, "Okay," and I, I grabbed some water out side by side, and just I thought he'd want to wash his mouth out because we 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 look into dealing with um, like you say, uh, sprains and um. Yep. to some dehydration, res- dehydration in some respect to strokes and stuff like that and these these things that we're worried about but i've never even considered like um an overexertion leading to like vomiting and yep. so and so i was like okay i'll give him wash mouth out and i said oh do you want to jump in the buggy with me and just cruise around for a bit and you know get a bit of air and he's like no nah, no nah, nah, i'm here to compete and he you know he's wiping his mouth and he goes back to it and so i, I come down and i talk to you and you recommend a bit of electrolyte and stuff, which we sorted, but shit, it was funny. But I, I also thought afterwards, I was like, man, I did not know how to deal with with that. I, I know now, and I'm talking yep. to a few people who are, work in the medical profession, but um, oh, it was funny. But the coolest thing was, like, he chucked up everywhere, but then he just went back to shooting. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, committed. Yeah, and when I talked when I t- when I talked to your old man, obviously being in the military a long time, he's just like, yeah, no, he'll be fine. <laughs> Surprised it doesn't happen more often, sort of thing. I was like, <laughs> "Shit." Yep, sympathy is strong. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Get, he didn't give a frick, man. He's like, "Oh well." It's like, "Oh man, didn't get a photo." <laughs> yeah. That would have been a good photo. <laughs> but so that was the, that was the sort of funniest thing I've seen. Um, I don't know if there's many other moments that we consider funny. Oh, Tom ran one stage in his undies for some random reason. Um, anything? Yep, there's a video. There, there is. There is soon to be released. Um, <laughs> anything you've seen, Mark? Oh, just Carl running out of ammo on the other side of the creek. That was great. That I mean, was pretty funny. I feel no, I feel sorry for him because those couple of points were a podium position. Yeah, he was my teammate, so I'm being a bit harsh on him. Yes, <laughs> poor, poor Carl. Poor Carl. Yeah. Wasn't funny at all. I felt sad. Yeah. Any, <clears> anything, <throat> Simon? You think worth mentioning? Oh, the I got um, was it stage two with a kettlebell? The, um, the kettlebell incident. I am pleased to say I wasn't the only person who dropped the kettlebell in the creek. I'm fairly sure I was the only person who dropped the kettlebell in the creek who the uh, the, no, the RO uh, for the stage managed to drop a bank on the kettlebell and then had to go fishing through the fucking mud. And the... Yeah, let me. Yeah, so Simon threw it over and, and it slowly rolled in slow motion back down, disappeared into the drink, into the deeper part of the creek as well. Yeah, with the sticks and the crack in the bottom. Conveniently of the creek stood thing. on the stood on the edge of the creek and collapsed the bank on top of it. <laughs> you, you, you would have thought that was quite funny, wouldn't you, Mark? At the time. Yeah, I sort of stood back then. Thought, well, it's still a competitor problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it happened yeah. to. And then who that? Someone else after that. The last thr- last squad yeah. of the day. Yeah. yeah. Was it Jordan? Yeah, he was knackered no. too, man. It was. And he threw it, and it rolled slowly and, back. And you could just see he's just looking at it, like shaking his head, like because <laughs> oh, oh, no. he was. Last stage can of I, a big day, ruined, and then you got to climb yeah. in the creek. Can I get away with leaving it there? He was trying, you can see it going through his head. <laughs> I'll just buy a new kettlebell, fuck it. <laughs> I'll machine you a new one every month. What yeah. kettlebell? I need to saw it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so, what would you say uh, is the... What's the... 
if you're going to come to one of these events, I'm going to say a semi is a huge advantage. A huge yeah. advantage. It's not even a question. Yep. But yep. Um, what would be the rifle you'd put together or you'd want to yes, run? Yes, good question, Graham. Probably yeah, not so... with a six thousand dollar scope on it. No. <laughs> well, it depends on the scope. Simple is better. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying in terms of keeping it clean and yeah, you know, they they do feel a bit more uh, robust, <clears throat> prissy, and well, no, 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 well, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying for six <clears throat> grand, it'd better be bloody robust. Well, I know it just felt like overkill, and I hate yep. getting stuff from rolling around the mud. So yeah, so yeah. Um, mm. A bit lighter weight. It's only a twenty-two. It doesn't recall bugger all anyway, but it's certainly lighter weight because when your arms are tired, you still need to be able to hold that up and shoot. Um, doesn't have to be super accurate. Um, you know, like even two minute of angle would have been fine, easily fine um, for the all the targets on the day. Um, but it has to be reliable. So it's got to feed reliably. Magazines have got to work reliably. Um, LPVO is probably a pretty good option. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, ask you about that. I thought that would would have worked well, with especially with the, they've normally got BDC type holdovers. So yes, yep. So um, you didn't technically need like a BDC or a mill reticle or whatnot, no. in, um, but yep. it's certainly an advantage. Yeah, um, yeah. So well, it just gives you four um, fingers in your head, for example. Yeah, just you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, at eighty meters, you can just yeah. hold a mill. With a hundred meters, boom. it's two mil. Yep. It's you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's easy. Um, yeah, and and with the size targets, that's about all the ballistics you ever needed to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely semi ten shot mags. Ability to hold more ten shot mags somewhere on your gear, or or like tri mags for the ten twenty twos, or or double you know stacking clipping mags together for the likes of the Chris's. Um, yeah, um, relatively low power optic. I wouldn't go to a red dot. I think some of the small targets, red dot would have been challenging. Um, but certainly an LV, um, yeah, so what are they? Low power, low LPVO? Yeah, the, L- LPVO, yeah. Yeah. The one, one to sixes, one to eights, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have said definitely go with a suppressor. Um, and I say that specifically because you don't want to be running hearing protection if you drop into the creek. Uh, I also thought there's less chance of you blocking it up. I mean, yeah, correct. Yep, two. That's right. Uh, you've got more surface. Yeah, you're not gonna. I don't know if it if it lies on the ground, it's not going to potentially get yep. gunked. Yep. Yep. It's just a bit of a safety. Yep. Um, for the most part, though, like a as I say, like a five hundred dollar ten twenty two with a mm. anything scope on it and a few magazines. If it cycles reliably, you'll be fine. I think you ran a 10.22, Nick in third yep. ran a 10.22, Carl in fourth ran a 10.22. What did Ezra run? 10.22? Fast. He ran fast, yes. It was length yeah. twice longer. It was a semi-auto. I can't remember yeah, but, exactly. But if you, it's, it's yeah, um, like you say, super reliable, which if 10.22 is looked after and cleaned, they are. Um, There's a CZ semi of two. Of, yeah, two Carrington's got a yeah. CZ512. Yep. True. Yep. Um, the Coolest looking one. Yep. And coincidentally, yeah, the uh, tactical the, the, the importer is a sponsor of the Spark series. Um, is, yes. So, yep. <laughs> so definitely buy those. Um, but one Ezra thing is, was running a ten twenty two as well. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Um, advantages ten twenty two magazines are cheap. Yeah. Brand new, they're sixty bucks. So it's not going to break the bank to have half a dozen of them. 
Um, and every other person yeah, has, has probably one. got some. So you can share yeah. mags. So yeah. if you've got an issue with a mag, which is not uncommon with those, you just can just yep. discard it for the day and, yep. and yep. share a mag, whatever. Yeah, yep. yeah I'd, yep. those. Or like you say, the, uh, if you've got a crisp that runs real reliable, some do, some don't. Um, those mags are probably um, easier to manipulate maybe. Um, yep. Or the Tipmans, I know they're meant to be real reliable, which are a yep. similar M4 style platform. Yep, there was a couple of Tipmans there on the, the two day. lads who shot yes. with me on Saturday. Yeah, they yep. were both Tipmans, weren't they? Yep. 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 Yeah, um, and they didn't seem to mind. I, I noticed uh, when they dropped their mag, though, because they're quite heavy, they'd poke into the mud quite a lot. Like, I'd see them lift them out, and there's a lot of mud in the feed lips and stuff. Um, whether that was an issue of 1022, probably. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say if, if like going forward, if you're like, man, I'm doing these matches, and you're like, I've just got a, a voodoo or some big heavy, sort of target orientated one, yeah, just get a cheap 1022, basic stock, plastic stock. Don't worry about bedding it. Don't be silly. Nothing. Just shoot it. Like like Simon said, if you're if you're getting two inch bloody groups at 100 meters, who cares? Um, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Question. Um, Rifles and that aside, what's the what's something that, in, on reflection, gear wise, that you wish you could have taken or or should think about taking next time? To me, it feels like something like the mag storage, carrying solution stuff around on stage, or you know, easy access to mags. Something a lot of people just had, whatever they were wearing, or you know, no, you know, which pockets it in. That whole slapping around yeah. trying to find it yep. where they'd put it. So yeah, so. I borrowed um, Graham's 1022, now Graham's yep. 1022. Our 1022 uh, now, Simon, you spent money on it. Yep, so the 1022 <laughs> now. Unless Jeff's got and Graham's job. and yeah. Simon's. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Jeff's anymore. He's it's not Jeff's that. anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Graham had a had a like a uh, a belt with some um, some of the 1022 mag holders that you see in the likes of Speed Steel. So I was using that um, most yep. of the, well, all day. Um, but yeah, in terms of gear, I wish I would have had. Um, well, that's a hard one. My own bipod would have been nicer foot, for the footwear, two stages I used it. Yeah. Um, footwear but I, selection. Uh, so I, I've I've got an older pair of boots that are that have got a few holes in them. So I went with the older pair of boots. Yeah. I, if you were going to game it, I think um, like um, touch rugby um, shoes yeah. boots yeah. would have been the way to go. So really lightweight, and then they've got sprigs um, yeah. in the bottoms as well. So the grip in the mud and all that. I, if I was going to game it, that's where I'd go. But Meh, come on, we're on practical rifle events. Wear your bloody boots, don't be a dick. <laughs> or your socks. Yeah, well... <laughs> Just run around socks. Yeah, no, we, we possibly should have written that out of the rules. Yeah, we, we will next time, because someone will stand on a bloody stick. Yeah, like this... You, you shouldn't be allowed to strip below a minimum level of clothing. That, that, probably, to needs to a, that probably needs to be a rule. I've seen too well, much of Tom's rig. Yeah, I was going <laughs> specifically for Tom. We need to give him a rule: no stripping. But... Yeah, keep your clothes yeah. on, Tom. <laughs> You're not at the firehouse now, mate. Yeah, I, I had a um, an older two and a half to eight Liverpool VX3. Um, I yep. put on the ten twenty two, and I don't think it. I don't think I dropped it off eight power all day. Um, 
yeah um maybe some of the closer targets i possibly could have dropped it but yeah yeah i, I just left it on eight power all day um it's something I yeah it's the only thing with with, with with an lpvo as i doubt in any of those stages you'd use one power so yeah yeah, a two to seven, three to nine, or whatever. To you know, would probably yeah. be three to nine. Yeah, be fine. Your cheapest, easiest, perfectly option, adequate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, one thing and I noticed a lot of people could have used would be a drop pouch. Yes. Because because you're Forget moving rid of used mags. Yeah, because you're moving through an, an area that is going to be super easy to lose magazines. Um, having one of those drop pouches with a sort of the mouth of them's opened, like it's got a bit of yep. wire in the in the in the in the top of it. Um, I'd say a drop pouch needs to be not it could be a helpful thing just so you drop it throw your mag in your in your pouch and, and then first one thing it's not landing in the mud it's not going in the creek uh, and you, you know where it is um yeah I think I've seen two yeah so two I, guys I with them. yeah no there was a couple of guys with them um the way I got around that was on the stages where you were doing a lot of movement um I think only my stage two um i didn't have someone standing close to me that i could just chuck them the, the empty magazine mm-hmm. um rather than dropping it in the mud every other stage you were you were either at a static shooting position or you know like your supervising competitor was only a couple of meters away from you so i just passed them the empty magazine yeah it, it takes a couple extra seconds but it saves me dropping one into the mud or um or, or losing one yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, a drop pouch would have been quicker. It's not. It's not uh, something we've run into in our um, normal practical events because no, you might do a bit of movement, but it's not like that, and it's not through the that kind of terrain. So yeah, live and learn, I guess. I, I imagine a lot of people will be um, if well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But if we do more of these going forward, we'll be changing how they approach it with gear. Yeah, that yes, some idea. Yep. Yeah, no, I expect people have to had their eye opener and um yeah. Alright, so going forward, uh, in the political parlance jargon, you mean the next event. Um <clears throat> something like moving to Bowers Valley. Yeah, so we the scene of one of the most disappointing shoots of all time. Not for Carl Knox and Simon. Well, yeah, true. They yes. both won. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you come last, Mark? Huh? We, Mark, no, no, no. I was about fifth in Magnum. Oh, <clears throat> Mark bought this event up the other day, and there was, we had like five people as their first ever event. And we told yeah. them, probably not a good idea. And we've never seen them again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, a lot of people never came back. Uh, so, yeah. anyway, that was a Magnum. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, yes. Range event. But no, I think a so shift you... to Bowers would probably be a good idea. Yeah. More swamp, yes. More yep. swamp, side-by-sides uh, yep. side only access. Um, and then also there's been some talk in the background between us about a bush brutality. Yep. Uh, we've got a, a a property that we're doing some certification on anyway for other events. It has a bunch of uh, red deer that destroy the native bush, uh, but it makes it really easy to move through. So there's a, there's a spot that could work quite well for um, more uh, under-the-canopy type event Um so less less water, probably no water. Maybe a few um, pussy stag holes or something. But um, yeah, so maybe there'll be a a sister event that's the opposite half of the year or something. We'll um, possibly dream up. Um, 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a cool little venue. There's certainly um we might have to look a bit closer at the old trip hazards and whatnot being a bush event, mm. but um and uh, you you kind of hope the stages don't degrade like they did through swamp brutality. Um, uh, there was it's swamp brutality being a swamp by. But if you're the twentieth competitor through the stage, it was particularly muddy um, <laughs> compared to you being the first competitor. We shouldn't have that same level of issue with the bush brutality match. I've got a way of equalising the issue. So next well, swamp it's brutality, a sum, it's a summer event. Well, we just put the we just put a mob of cattle through the swamp first because they're beef, so they can go in swamps. Then it's fucked for everybody. No? Yes, yep, all for it. <laughs> Sounds like I'm match directing the next one. No, no, no I'm match director. You're, uh, no, you're... We'll, just, we'll just make Graham test shoot every stage four times. That'll do the same job. Oh, okay, now we'll keep the cows out then. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, there was a few suggestions for Swamp Brutality that came from the match director and the supervisors and bloody volunteers on the day that... That rule very much along the lines of, why don't you do it? <laughs> Man, th- this is not how you normally deal with these things, Simon. You're like, no, that's a competitive problem. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't suggest ways to make it worse. No, no, no. But it was uh, with 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 this brutality match and, and the possibility of more, and then um, surplus steel events. Uh, the idea is to have a few <clears throat> sort of varied event styles rather than the standard um practical yep. and open hunter class stuff um so with it this is also cool because we, we've seen a lot of people do well in in brutality who have um sort of mid-pack in the precision events um so it's real cool you know they're really fit they they run for fun you know and so or something like that and so they've got a skill set that's uh very valuable in this event so to speak so yeah um, and then same with super steel, right? You see different people doing well and stuff, so it's cool to have. So a it's, little bit they're of not age borderline alcoholics, is what you're saying? No. Well, we're no. All, we're all about trying to be inclusive, Mark. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Apart from we're not adding in an old person's division. Damn it. Nah. Yeah. yeah. No, we were. Uh, back to my pile of possums. Deliberately kept this first swamp brutality small on entries, and um, yeah. As I say, all the competitors were asked up front when they when they registered their interest. You know, like, are you sure? Are you are you going to be physically okay to do this? Um, What's your yeah, latest ECG like? <laughs> not everyone appreciated those questions. No. Um, but yeah, from a from an organizer's point of view, like, man, I, we're trying to we don't want to hurt people. Yeah, spewing's okay, but like heart attack sucks. Yeah, dislocating shoulders sucks. You know, yeah. ripping out rotator cuffs and whatnot sucks. Spraining and broken ankles suck. You know, yeah. they're just yeah. Hey, you just get a real first aid stage for a bit. <laughs> Put this guy's yes. shoulder back in. Ten points. Yeah. Ten points. <laughs> Take it back out next review. Too slow. Next competitor. <laughs> no, but I, I think it was a um, joke side. It was a. A successful uh, first event, yep. definitely. Um, people yep. enjoyed it. There's a lot of buzz on the internet afterwards. People were excited about a new style of, um, uh, like what we think of our practical and precision stuff has been like dynamic and modern, but like this is like uh, several steps up. Um, and In the physicality side of things, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's yep. a bit of uh, people might call it a bit of 
kind of like a bit of crossfit i guess i don't know i've never yep. been to crossfit i'm not very fit um <laughs> you never will either no yeah and um but yeah i think it was cool it was a good day it was it was fun and um i look forward to the next one yeah, yeah. so do i excellent it was, a, it was a lot of fun congratulations yeah. on your win simon yes thank you no it's very um, good um, to all yep skitters yep yep the human so, um, pukaka <laughs> yep so um i picked up the win um i didn't have the top shooting score but i did have the top time score and so combined that put me into the win um ezra had a perfect shooting score along with nick um so ezra was second um he was one point ahead, one time point ahead of Nick, who was third. So both of them um, had the the possible shooting score. So they they shot every target on every stage. Um, but Ezra was just that little bit faster on across the whole day, so he ended up with one extra time point over Nick. Um, hmm. And then um, yeah, Carl was fourth, um, same shooting score as me, but um, just a. Actually, he had, he had the second highest time score, um, Carl did. So he was the second fastest across the day. And then Carrington was fifth. What Carrington was had deceptive, eh? Yeah. Yep, Carl must have kept moving pretty fast through the day. Um, so, yeah, it was. It just possibly could have gone a little faster. Would have would have made well, up he's some more, points. Well, he's, he's left Pukak a more garden gnome, so he must have is. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves a good um, truck-based hunt, just like me and yes. Mark do. Yeah. <laughs> he loves yeah. hunting in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Secret, he must, there must be a, something about Carl we don't know. Yeah, yeah obviously doing CrossFit. <laughs> he must be Stratford CrossFit Club. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Carrington came in fifth. Carrington actually had the second overall um, shooting score. But um, obviously just a little slower on his stage times because he had a bit lower a, a, um, a time score. So, yeah. so those flowing locks. <laughs> yeah, that big moustache. Yeah. Well, congratulations <laughs> to everyone. Yep. And um, I think that any last points, Mark or Simon, about Swamp Brutality? No, I was impressed, uh, Simon. The, you, know, you had two events to do in the weekend that weekend and um, both were excellent. So a lot of prep and organisation gone into both of them. And logistically, they are just well done. So hats off to you. Oh, no, thanks very much. It um it proved to be a little bit more logistically challenging than I anticipated setting up two <laughs> matches. Well, but we got it done. It's bad enough doing one day, then going oh, I've got to drive all the way up to the swamp. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, an hour north. The second event. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I did uh, listen to the other podcast on the um speed race precision match. Um, I probably should clarify the the you know, the um. The blind stage was set pretty well in the dark. I just ran out of time to do everything <laughs> as much dark. as as much as I'd want to. Um, so yeah, it, uh, that, as I say, that logistics sort of caught up with me with the with regards to that blind stage. So it was, I it, depending on the time of day you shot it, it was easier. I thought, but obviously not everyone found it that easy. Simon, if we go off your track record. <laughs> I, my track record is getting better. Like you, like you know, you saw what we did at the finale, yep. where the average person found one target. Well, the trouble is, I didn't. See, I didn't see it. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> I feel we've got a solution brewing here because Simon said he, he basically set it up in the dark. So essentially, what we do is, is hand him a set number of targets, blindfold him, and walk him out. Just 
tell him to walk that way and place them in the ground. And then yeah. he won't know. <clears throat> there you go. Marcus. Yeah, the evil match director side of he looked at a couple of those rifleman class targets and thought, oh man, this is camouflaged and just fantastic. I have to leave it here. Yeah, no, I do yeah. not doubt that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was still it was good fun. Yeah, of no, course. Right. All right, we'll wrap this All up, mate. Thanks for coming okay. on, Simon. And we'll, no, uh, cheers very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Cool. Bye.